Welcome back to another episode of Life with Lamb. Tim here with Alex Cleary. Uh, I know nothing of Alex, and in fact, Lewis, a photographer that I interviewed a while back, put us both in touch. But from what I can see on your Instagram is that you're very raw and vulnerable, which is something incredible and something that I admire a lot in people, especially when you do put it out on a platform such as Instagram for the world to see, essentially, or, or from what it feels like. Um, but welcome, Alex. How are you going? Yeah, good, good. Good. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. Um, and I'm keen to unpack your story. It, it is an incredible one and uh, a very sensitive one and something that resonates quite deeply with yourself. For the listeners, can you describe who you are and what you're about? Yeah, so... Like I'm Alex, obviously. Um, yeah, like a few a few years back now, when I was 19, uh, I lost my sister to suicide. So she had yeah plethora of like mental health issues, um, drug and alcohol problems. Like it was, uh, but a lot of that I didn't know anything about at the time. Like I didn't really know anything about mental health. I didn't really know what she was going through, that kind of thing. So I don't know. Back then, I was a bit of a idiot. I didn't know much about what was going on. And yeah, I lived a very different life back then, that's for sure. So yeah, that sort of brought me on to where I am today. So I think a few years ago, I don't know how many or what it was that made the switch in my brain where I sort of realized that I'm living like a life of a loser pretty much. So I thought, fuck, I need to turn my life around at least and bring it into somewhere where I can be proud of myself. So yeah, and I started reading a couple of books, started to pay a lot more attention to things that mattered, like, uh, I don't know, my honesty, um, my relationships, my family. So, yeah, I think that sort of brought me to where I am today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really grateful for your time and keen to unpack everything and sort of touch on those sorts of things. I think um, it's very self-aware of you to <laughs> recognize that, hey, like I'm a bit of a loser and I do want to change my life around for the better. Um, I don't think many people can do that and sit sort of in that honest conversation with themselves. So mm. I admire that a lot. Uh, I guess for the listeners as well, um, I just wanted to list a few of the runs that you've completed recently just to provide a few context, a bit of context for Alex and, and who he is. You can find him at Clearly Runs. I think it's a very <laughs> clever, clever name. Actually, who, who came up with, with that name? Oh, well, actually... My brother, because our last name is Cleary, so it's very close to Clearly, and his first Instagram name was Clearly Troy, and I was like, man, that is genius. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so then when I was making this page, I was like, oh, genius. Oh, genius. <laughs> I love it. Clearly runs. And far out, after you listen to this list, he, yeah, he clearly runs. So you've done a 100-kilometer run from Geelong to Melbourne. Yep. Oh, my God. 60-kilometer run around a 1k loop in Africa. Can you talk to us a bit about that actually? Um, yeah, so like I work in Africa. I work in uh, Mali, which is in West Africa. And so I work on a mine site there, I'm an electrician. And uh, yeah, like I I don't have many places I could run there. They have like a little soccer oval and I literally have a one kilometer dirt loop around that. And then it's also around a shit farm. So it's like, so you run faster when you go past that. Yeah, I just, I don't breathe during that section. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, incredible. Um, And then far out this one, I was like, what the hell is happening? You've done a marathon a day for seven days. Yeah. When was this? Uh, This was my last break. So that was um, like nine weeks ago, close to. Incredible. And 
Melbourne Marathon, which is actually very handy and very for tune the timing. Um, that was literally this weekend or weekend gone by. Yeah, Sunday. A few oh, days ago. Incredible. Um, and I'm excited to, I guess, dive deeper into why you are running these incredible lengths and what sort of goes through your mind as as you're ticking along. <laughs> um, yeah. So, firstly, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And then secondly, like, yeah, I know these are like incredibly difficult achievements, but I want to, yeah, circulate around your why as to, as to why you are doing these runs and these incredible achievements as well. Um, obviously your sister, but if you want to open up a bit about, yeah, the why behind it, that'd be incredible. Yeah. Well, I think, um, like it was sort of during COVID when I started running and the only reason I really started running was because, well, I couldn't play any sport and like, I love team sports and I was like, oh, well, I'll just start running. And then I was just running flat out then. And then, I, I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. Really like the mental aspect of it where it's it's really just a mind game the entire time. And then I got injured then and then I stopped running for ages. And then, yeah, I don't know, I just jumped back into it this year and I, sorta, I saw my mate lose a lot of weight um, running and I thought, damn, what am I doing with my life? Like I'm a... I'm a loser. <laughs> I need uh, I need to start challenging myself again. So it's like these things uh, are nice because it's like, fuck, can I run 100 kilometers? Fuck, let's do it. Like, let's give it a go. Incredible. I, I want to touch on the loser point. I think it's a pretty important one. Like what did you look like when you were a quote-unquote loser? Well, yeah, I think like in reflection now, like I realized I was a loser. Back then, like I thought I was all goods. I think just like like excessive like alcohol, excessive drug use. That was that was a pretty big one for me. And it's it's something that when I was in it, like I didn't really know. But I remember I had like I used to like it's confront like I feel like an idiot saying it, but like yeah, I take a lot of drugs because I wanted to party and I partied a lot. So like and it'd be like I wouldn't I wouldn't go out on the weekend unless I was taking some drugs. And like this is like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I remember I went I went to Townsville uh, for Groove in the Moo, and I bought a motorbike. I got it shipped down from Melbourne, got it in Townsville, and I had just a massive bender. And then I was like, "Sweet, I'm gonna ride this motorbike home." And it was it was like a Wednesday, so like Groove in the Moo is on a Sunday, so I was like, "Yeah, like Wednesday's heaps of time to recover," but it, it's not heaps of time to recover when you don't stop partying. So like you get there Thursday, I partied. I went to Cheap Tuesday and then the next day I was like, sweet, let's ride, you know, nine and a half hours home to Mount Isa on a motorbike. And yeah, I just fell asleep and I crashed doing like 150 k's an hour. Wow. Yeah, it was nuts. And then like I had to call my mate on the side of the road, like pretty mangled and he had to drive. So six hours to come pick me up. And then in that time I got taken to the hospital and then, yeah, like I woke up with him like beside me and he's like right let's go and then i just remember like and then we we drove home so he drove so probably like five or six hours to come get me from the hospital and then yeah i don't know i was just in the car we drove home and it was like what the fuck am i doing <laughs> what even just happened so you crashed yeah do you remember any of it yeah yeah like i was riding and i was i was tired as fuck man i was so tired and i was like all right, like I'll get to Richmond and I'll I'll have a coffee. But I'd partied so much that I didn't have fuck all money. 
<laughs> so I had probably just enough money to pay for the fuel to get home for the motorbike. So if I bought a cup of coffee, I probably would have been shy a couple of liters of fuel and it would have been a little iffy. So, but I was like, yeah, and like I'll get to Richmond, I'll have a coffee, I'll have a break. And then I was like 30Ks out of Richmond and I was like dozing. And I'd been dozing for a little bit that day, but just the maturity and not knowing like, bro, just like pull over. Mm. Like it's not worth getting home 20 minutes quicker. So yeah, I was just dozing and then I sort of dozed and then I woke up and I was on the opposite side of the road on the white line and then I don't remember anything after. I know I, I tried to hit the brake and then... Yeah, I must have come off at like sort of an irrigation sec uh, section. So there was a couple, well, those like all just big rocks to stop washing away all the dirt and shit there. So hit some big rocks, like destroyed the bike and I just went flying and then sort of just, I must have landed on the right side of me because everything on the right was <laughs> hurt. But somehow like didn't break a single bone, just had bruises all over the right of me. Wow. That yeah. is a lot to digest what the fuck <laughs> yeah like and even then like that's that's sort of when i i pretty much i didn't stop taking drugs but i was like i ran it way in after that I was yeah like, absolutely. what are you doing yeah absolutely wow it's scary that it takes like a moment like that exactly for you to just snap into exactly. action and be like oh fuck like where am i what am i doing mm. what's happening and i think um I don't know, I believe in like sort of karma and things happen for a reason as well. Um, yeah, sometimes you need those wake-up calls to really just switch you back on track. Um, and it seems like, unfortunately, a almost fatal accident was your calling for it. Um, yeah, far out. So what was going through your head as well? Like your mate has come pick you up from the hospital and you're just sort of sitting in his car just reflecting on it. Were you thinking about much at all? Uh I was shitting myself in the car, to be honest, because he's he's flooring it. Like, he had to leave work to come and pick me up and, like, fucking legend of a friend. But I remember we were coming coming back to Mount Isa and, like, it's, it's, like, sort of starting to get late at night and I'm sort of, like, jumpy from the way he's driving and he's not driving dangerously, but I just remember I was jumping and then I'm, like, sort of tearing up as we're getting closer to home and I'm like, fuck man like what am i doing like i don't know it's just it's a shame that all these shit things have to happen especially in my life where i'm like bro come on like why why couldn't you just come to this realization beforehand i know but it's hard like you don't get taught about these things as yeah. well until they actually happen and then you have to pivot and adapt um it's something that's happened in my life and i'm sure other people can relate with maybe a mistake or, or something that hasn't quite gone their way but yeah just the ability to pivot from that and sort of doing what you're doing now is incredible, man. Let's dial back early days. Mm. Um, we'll talk about sort of your upbringing. What were you like as a kid? Did you know that you were going to be doing what you're doing right now? Uh, geez, no. <laughs> Very common answer. So Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I've always been super duper sporty. Like I'll play any sport, especially team sports. They're easily my favorite. Like I, I used to play softball which is like not a very common sport, but I, I know it's <laughs> not a, at all, <laughs> not at all. But I played, I played uh, like for Australia a couple of times, which is like, it. I don't know, to me now I'm like, well, that is so long ago that it's, it doesn't seem like yeah, much, but when I was a kid, it was everything to me. Absolutely. And even like when I was in high school, like that's when it was everything to me. 
And then, so I don't know, I just, I played a lot of sport, but yeah, as soon as I stopped playing sport and I started working and then, you know, those sort of things fade away and then you start partying a lot, like that's, life just took a very different turn, you know what I mean? Mm. Is that when sort of the drugs started coming into your life and... Yeah, definitely, definitely like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure when they sort of, but it would have been when I started drinking. Mm. And then, so like as soon as you hit 18, like I was drinking every weekend. And because I left school and started working straight away and I started working as an electrician, so I was getting like good money. So I was pissing that money up the wall like it was no tomorrow. Like for probably the first two or three years of my trade, I didn't, I couldn't even save a cent. Like everything was gone. Yeah. (laughs) It it is one of those dilemmas when you start to earn like a lot of money Mm. and you sort of don't know where to spend it or invest it into and then it ends up being yeah party the occasional weekend and then it just builds up and builds up and builds up exactly um i think like there there's a dilemma on on the spending and the education surrounding what do i actually do with all this money and like when you accumulate that much you sort of don't know where to um put it towards so yeah do you regret that phase in your life at all i was actually i was talking to my missus about this recently and we were talking about regrets and things that we might have made mistakes with. But I, I honestly don't regret anything because I think all of them, all of these things that have happened, like fuck-ups or things like that, like without those, I would not be who I am today. And not like I'm some Jesus type, but <laughs> I'm like I'm proud of who I am today. I might not have been proud of who I was, you know, a few years ago or a couple of years before that. But I think without those those things that have happened in my life like it wouldn't have put me in a different direction or it wouldn't have given me a bump steer and I might might have just still be exactly where I was incredible man yeah you can't really change your past but what you can do is pivot and and learn from it um I don't know if I've ever met anyone that hasn't sort of experienced any sort of hardship in their life or made a fuck up or made a mistake that they don't regret or not regret but learnt from mm. essentially and I think if you're kidding yourself if you sit there regretting it and dwelling on the past and not learning from it and changing and seeing your capability of being able to grow from it so yeah i i always like uh, asking that question and one of my mates asked me that question as well he's like do you do you like if you were to grow up again would you change anything in your life and i seriously i i I wouldn't i i honestly wouldn't i don't know if that's something that you think of as well oh no definitely yeah because i i think like a long time ago, I would have looked at regrets and gone like, I wish I didn't do this. I wish I didn't, didn't do that. But I think if if it really comes down to it now, all the things that, have, that I've made mistakes in, I think I've changed all of them now. And so I think those mistakes weren't made in vain. And instead, they've propelled me to be at least what I think is a better person. Absolutely. Treat them as learning opportunities as mm. well. But obviously, if you keep making the same mistake, then it's like you got to ask the question, what's happening here? Yeah. Why am I such an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I definitely think that. Literally, man. Um, I guess so on a surface level, we've heard a little bit about like your, the, the sister, uh, sorry, your sister, um, <laughs> unfortunately taking her own life um, due to suicide and mental health um, issues or, or problems or things that were sort of swept under the rug. Do you mind opening up a bit about um, sort of your relationship with your sister you said you didn't really um, know that these things were going on behind the scenes um, until it sort of all came to the end yeah well I mean the the worst part is like so 
there's a nine year gap between myself and my sister. So from what I remember when I was a kid was that about the time when I would have been, I don't know, early, early primary school or something like that, she would have left, left the house by then. Like she would have moved out. So I don't have a lot of memories from when we were younger, apart from her maybe breaking up fights with my brother and I. Uh, <laughs> but I have a lot of memories from when I was older, when I was in high school, and uh, she would be a, like a pretty big source of, um, I don't know how you say it, like life advice really. But like back then, like I didn't know she had any problems. She was just my sister, you know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't know any of it at all. And then towards the end, like she, she lived in a different town. I had honestly just no idea what was going on. So it's... It's, I don't know, it's it's almost like I have no information, like I feel bad about it. Right, it's like that age disconnect, but also that geograph geographical disconnect as well. So you don't really have the ability to stay connected. Um, it's one of those things that I think scares a lot of people from moving out of their uh, like hometown and mm. away from family as well. Um, so you weren't necessarily like the closest, would you say? Yeah, I think that whole time period, like from, from the way that I remember it, is that my whole family, my immediate family, wasn't very close. Like I didn't, I wouldn't call my parents or I wouldn't call my brother, see how he's going. In fact, I probably thought he was a wanker. Like, and like, it, like we, I just remember us not being like a tight family. And then I, I think about that. And I think, man, that, that kind of sucks. But when my sister passed away, we're like this now. And it's like, it's amazing. Like, and at, like it's it's nice now because I get to look back on it and say like, you know, my my sister passed away and it's it sucks it's terrible like I wish it never happened but at the same time, it brought my family very close together and now we talk to each other flat out because we all live in different places, like I'm very thankful for that to happen because of my sister. It's unfortunate that that was the reason, but a lot with everything else in my life is like it takes this drastic occurrence or dumb decision and thankfully something positive prospers from it yeah absolutely and i'm sure your sister would be more than happy to see your family so connected now um and i appreciate you sort of hopping on the podcast as well and sharing these stories hopefully it gets into someone's ears and they realize that maybe something's straying too far away or too far gone and they should start to revert it back before letting it catastrophize into this big sort of event um, that is very unfortunate. So in your in your case, your motorcycle crash or even your sister passing away as well. So yeah, just a note for the listeners um, to take some, some of Alex's advice. Um, I know on Instagram you've posted uh, your why and it's pinned at the top of your profile and it's an incredible video. I was having a watch through as well and love everything that you're about. You did mention that, you know, your dad, you saw him cry for the first time. What was that all like? And sort of how did that bring everyone together? Yeah, that was, uh, it was, it was strange. It was like, what is your background actually? Do you mind me asking that? Like origin, heritage, culture? I'm pretty sure Cleary is an Irish name. Yeah. My partner keeps telling me that. (laughs) My dad... My dad has got a big nose and olive skin. <laughs> okay. I'm 
<laughs> okay, no. <laughs> That's not good. As far as I, I, I don't, I honestly don't know. I've been trying to work it out. I've been trying to. I have an auntie that's been working through all that sort of stuff. I'd like to know more, but I, I honestly don't know that much. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually haven't met someone that, um, like, not, I don't know, do, not educated? No, doesn't, like, <laughs> not educated, not, not educated, but, like, doesn't know, like, flat out, okay, like, I'm I'm Asian, like, I'm Chinese or something, you know? So I'm Australian. Very, yeah, yeah, so Australian, we'll just say. Yeah, we'll just say Australian. And you'd, so you were very sort of distant and never saw your dad cry, like, he's a very stoic figure in your family. Um, didn't really show much emotion until your sister passed away. Yeah, my old man, he's about four foot high, but he is he is a very manly man. Like he is never like doesn't cry, is very hard, like like even now, like I try and give him a hug and he's like, get off me. <laughs> <laughs> it's kinda it's funny. Like I tell him like that, I love you, and he's like, Yeah, all right, bye. <laughs> But like it, it's it's it was weird because like when my sister passed away, she was in Lowood, which is uh, just out or just outside of Ipswich, I think, just near Brisbane. And so we flew down, and like it was, you know, it's just like this weird experience where she, she I'd never had anyone die in my family before. Like my, all my grandparents had passed away, apart from one, and that was it. Like I'd never had anyone pass away that was close to me at all that I even really knew. So we sort of get down there and like, man, it was just depressing. Everyone is just bawling their eyes out. We go to a house and we're sort of just like in disbelief. We're talking to the police officers and they're telling us what happened. And yeah, it was just, it was pretty rough. And then, yeah, I don't know. We all sort of just like sat around and we're, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird seeing because it's like we're all in this purgatory where we're all in this house that my sister lived in and we're all just crying all the time. And it was it was probably like this for three or four days and like we're just packing our stuff up and I, I don't know, man, it was just, it was one of the worst things ever. Thanks for sharing. Do you mind me asking how you found out about the news? Did someone reach out to, to you guys? Um, I think the police called my parents and then... I think it was the police or it was she was living with a family friend on a farm. I think she she might have called up my parents. But, yeah, I remember I was at a training day for work and I got this call and I was like, oh, I, I talked to, I think it was my dad or my mum. And one of them was like, yeah, like Megan's, uh, Megan's passed away. I was like, like, what do you even say to that? And then... Yeah, I, I was like, oh, okay. And I just remember, I don't know, it didn't feel real. It was just like I went back into the training day and finished the training day and I sort of was just like, what? What even? I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. It was just, it just felt like nothingness. And then I just remember I went home and just everyone was crying. And so then I'm crying and then we're all like, we pack your bags, we're going, like we've got to fly. It was just, yeah, it was yeah, it was a wild experience. I guess, yeah, yeah, like many people struggle to cope with such a tragic loss, obviously. Um, but we're never taught how to cope with this. Um, I think we go about life um, thinking that everyone in your close circle, your uh, immediate family is going to live on forever and those sorts of things. I guess, like, how did you initially handle it? You said that it was a bit of nothingness and then you started to see everyone else cry. Like, how did you... How, 
I guess like the days after following, you know, packing up everything, how did you handle it? Yeah, I think it was like a lot of shock really because what happened was uh, I left Lowood and I flew back to Mount Isa and I went to my parents' house and I started making a room up for my niece so she could uh, live with them. So I was kind of busy for the for the next few days after I left Lowood because I was painting a room, like putting a setting a bed up and all that sort of stuff. So and it was it was easy to keep my mind off it, and it was yeah I don't know it was just sort of just keep busy at that point, and I don't know if I ever really dealt with it then, and it's more been a lot of reflection later on, but it's yeah because it's it's like how are you supposed to feel when your when your sibling passes away like. What are you supposed to do? Like, there's no sort of playbook on it. You sort of just do what you think is right and go from there. And when you look back at what you thought was right, you know, keeping yourself busy, um, do you feel like it ever extended too far? I know some people would just continue to keep themselves busy and not actually confront or face sort of the the uh, loss or the tragedy of, of um, their loved one passing away. Um yeah, when you reflect back on it, do you feel like you handled it in a in an amicable way? Oh no, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like there, like there was a lot of drinking after that. There's no doubt about that. Like I, I went and played. I was playing softball in Canada and America, and then after that, I went to Europe for I don't know 14 days just by myself. I don't remember the majority of that. Like I, I went on a Kentucky tour through Europe. I, I could barely remember what countries I went to. Like it was, I don't know, it was pretty, it was pretty silly really. Right. And was this at the height of the partying and, and everything? or Because w- what age were you when your sister passed away? I was 19. I would I just turned 20 a couple of days after she passed away. Okay, yeah. And so this is, yeah, I guess like the t- I'm trying to figure out the timeline of, every- of everything. So you finished school, quit softball at that point. Oh, I was still playing softball. Okay, yeah. I just started to take a step back and then yeah yeah, i think it's probably after school where i started to be a bit of a loser i mean i was probably a bit of a loser at the end of school anyway like you just like you're just young and stupid you know what i mean or i was at least and i think about there's many relationships and that time period that are completely fucked like there's no doubt about it like I remember I had a partner back then and I was a terrible partner and she was a lovely person. Completely fucked that. And but and I I think about that relationship particularly because I'm like, man, I was such a prick. And I there wasn't a single thing in that relationship that I did right. And I think, man, that was such a terrible but from that, I think now the relationship that I have with my partner now, like black and white. Mm, Absolutely. yeah, I just, I, I'm thankful for that relationship. I'm sorry to that person because I was a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry to many people that knew me back then because I was a not a very great, very good person. But I'm thankful that it happened because I can look back on that now and say, well, here's the playbook. Don't do that. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and no one's perfect. And we sort of go through life thinking that it's going to be um, all, I guess, like, fun sunshine roses and everything but i can completely resonate and relate with your point as well wasn't the best person in high school um and had a lot of learning experiences so uh yeah it takes like that fuck up in a relationship to know okay well in the next one like maybe let's not (laughs) do the certain things that we did um 
but it's great. It's great to sort of reflect on it. And it's like, yes, sorry to those people that you sort of burn the bridges down with, but, um, I think that's like life as well. It's unfortunate and it sometimes comes at the expense of other people. But I think if you can, um, learn from your mistake and become a better person because of it, I think that's the only way that you can go about it. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the reflection part is like the most important. Do you, do you want to continue talking about the sister, your sister? Sorry. Um, like, is there anything that I've missed or? No, I don't mind, bro. This is your podcast. I know. It's <laughs> like, oh, is there something missing that, like, no, no, no? Okay, cool. No, I think I think you got it. Okay, incredible. She's dead. No. <laughs> That is, oh my god. Okay, oh good. Yeah, it's just like I've had a, I've had a couple of episodes where it's like handling the conversation of death and everything. It's like where do you, where do you draw the line? But as long as you're comfortable. Yeah, bro. Like I know, like when when she did pass away, like everyone is like they tiptoe around you and they sort of don't know and they're like weird. And like at, at that point, like I probably paid to be weird because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. But now I'm like, yeah, like she's gone like i get it it's all goods i'm i'm done well not done but like i understand it and i get it and it is what it is like you don't have to be sensitive about it like i have dealt with that and i'm i'm onto different things in my life but it's a part of me it's not it doesn't define me you know what i mean Mm, absolutely again there's no playbook or rule Mm. book that you can go by as someone who has a relationship with someone who has unfortunately gone or lost someone that's uh, pretty close to them. So yeah, it's, it's sort of like reading the room, I guess, but um, yeah, I'm glad that you've come to terms with it and haven't let it define you as such. I guess like the legacy of your sister has inspired clearly runs. Would you say that's like one of the big reasons as to why you have picked up running. Like obviously you did softball back in the day and you really love team sports and COVID happened and you discovered running. But would you say clearly runs is like a legacy for your sister? Yeah, I think it's, it's along those lines. Like I think I, I doubt she would watch my, my content and be like, and would maybe be better. But I think there's a lot of people that struggle with, I don't know how they should think or maybe different ways that they could think. And like, I'm no guru. I'm just, just regurgitating all the things that come into my head that make me better or make my mental health better. Like anything that I think that might be beneficial to somebody else, I just spit it out onto a video. I'm like, all right, hope that works. Mm, Absolutely. And you can see it in the content that you're putting out as well. And I, I love the idea that you're documenting like each week. I saw the sponsor sponsors because you're planning on running Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. That- there's a marathon in Antarctica coming up in December. <laughs> in December. Far out. Yeah. Yeah. Very soon. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not that far away. Oh my God. But I guess for the, for the listeners as well, who haven't checked out your content, can you describe like what it is? Like you've talked about the rawness and, and the realness of it. Um, what is your intention with Clearly Runs? Like, what sort of, where do you see it going? Well, I see it to continue how it is now. Like, Antarctica was, well, the Antarctica run was sort of the basis of where I started the page. I thought, all right, well, like, if I'm going to do this Antarctica run and I, I'm going to raise some money for the Black Dog Institute, like, let's fucking go balls to the wall with it and let's just 
try and erase as much money as possible. And if I can just spit out and regurgitate all the things that have helped me over the last few years to be better, be a better person. So I think that really is going to be the future just to keep regurgitating the stuff. Like I want to start a podcast next year, which I'm pretty excited about. I want to keep doing these challenges because I don't know how far I can push my body. And I'm no like crazy athlete, but I think that a lot of people don't reach their potential because they don't start or they don't try. And I know I haven't reached my potential because I keep like, I'm still succeeding. When I start failing a lot more, I think I'll start to realize where the roof is. But there's been so many times already where I'm like, all right, like when I'm in Africa, I work a 12 hour day and then I run after work. And for the longest time, I thought, well, 25 kilometers a week, which is about 5Ks a day for five days, that's pretty much my max. Like I'm too tired after that. It's too much after work. And like, I really need to catch up on sleep because once you do a 12 hour day, you run for 40 minutes, you add in breakfast and dinner, like you're barely getting eight hours sleep. So that was sort of my mindset. And then one week I was like, no, no, I can, I can run every day and I can run more than five kilometers a day. And I did it. And I was like, oh, I was like putting the ceiling on myself. And I realized particularly after doing that one week where I was like, I've put a ceiling on myself in so many different aspects of my life. And like, now I'm just really trying to see like, how far can I push the ceiling? Cause I don't know. I think failure to take action is like one of the biggest problems of oh, fuck this generation. Like how easy is it to go? Oh, I would love to start a podcast. I would love to do this, but I need the microphones. I need the cameras. I need the lights. I'll make sure that I at least have a few episodes uh, recorded first. And then um, once we get a few ideas, but you never actually fucking start. Because, oh, well, to get the cameras, I need, well, I can't get the shit cameras. I need to get the good ones. So there's uh, eight grand plus the lenses plus the this plus the good microphones. Like, okay, so once I like, get up 15 grand, then I can start the podcast. And then, oh, fuck, that's way too much money. Like, I'll just won't do it. Yeah. So, like, I think there's just, like, the failure to launch is, like, one of the, the biggest problems. So there's, like, this saying that I heard from this podcast called The Mindset Mentor and it's called Ready, Fire, Aim. And the idea is like ready, you gather what you need to start, you fire as in you start whatever you need to start and then you aim after you've started. So then you adjust course. And this has been like, fuck, one of the best things ever. Because like if you need to, if you want to start running, all right, I have a pair of shoes, sweet, start running. And then you go, okay, maybe later on I realize these shoes suck, bro. Time to get a new set. But you can adjust course once you start and you realize the things that actually matter and the things that are just a fluff on top. Absolutely. I think, yeah, social media is just firstly incredibly brilliant. And then secondly, you start to compare yourself and you start to compare yourself with the people that have already made it or, yeah, are up there. And you think, okay, well, I need all this equipment to begin. But it's like, to put into context, I started with $40 microphones and I was just sitting around the table with some mates because it was like left over. I never would have thought that I'd have, you know, a camera here, some pretty good quality microphones and all these guests sort of um, reaching out as well. Not like not, not to brag or anything, but, you know, like I never would have um, sort of sat there and been like, oh, I need like, 
XYZ to begin. It was all an accumulation of things. And I think the downside of social media is you put yourself, you put your best foot forward always because that's the end product. And that's what people are going to ultimately tune into. But the majority of people that it affects and um, discourages to begin their own thing or start something is just, I think, I think it's, worse than sort of the the good that comes out of it as well so um where do you sort of gather your inspiration from like you talk about the podcasting you mentioned a bit of book reading as well um are those the things that keep you going as well yeah i just look at basically social media and i'm like man that guy is doing way more than i'm doing why the fuck am i not doing that much so the positive of social media yeah i get a lot of motivation like you watch ned brockman run across australia and you think fuck me 100 kilometers a day i can do that why the fuck can i not do that or i see like there's the hardest geezer at the moment he's running the entire length of africa he's like 190 days in or something like that running around 60 kilometers a day he's been mugged he's been kidnapped like this is ridiculous like like like, when i think about say like run a marathon a day for seven days i'm like that's fuck all like i need to be doing so much more because if other people can do it. Why can't I? Like, I don't know. It's sort of just that mindset. And I and I think, yeah, I don't know. It, it just comes back to like on that page, I never would have thought that it would have had the impact that it does. Like I started the page and, you know, I feel like an idiot when I talk on the camera. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I, I can, I can like, relate to that. <laughs> like, who are you, some idiot? You're walking around a track in Africa talking to a camera to, you know, a couple hundred people that probably don't give two fucks. You look like a wanker. So I think about that and I'm like, yeah, but then I get a message every once in a while that's like, bro, like this is 100%. I've, I, this is what I do. Or, or like, bro, I watched this video and you're right. Like I need to stop watching the news. Or bro, I start, I, bro, a dude told me he ran a couple of Ks the other day. I just bought some new shoes. I went running. I was like, fuck yeah, bro. Like that's the kind of shit that just gets me jacked. I'm like, fuck. So like, you know, there might be one message every now and then. I'm like, all right, we're on the right path. We're doing something. And there's like this part of me that like feels really fucking good. And there's a part of me that feels bad for feeling good. <laughs> it's like, bro, like, are you doing a good, are you doing this because this is the right thing to do? Or are you doing this because you like the way that it makes you feel? Yeah. Wait, that is so real. What the hell? Like the validation that you get from people messaging you. And I think... Yes, it does stem and, and flow and um, encourage like myself and yourself to continue making content, but um, I love it. Like, it's great. If you can get into someone's ears or if you your content pops up on someone's page and inspires them to run a few Ks, like, that's doing good in the world, I would say. Like, there's not much, uh, I guess, like, loss from that. And I think it's so interesting because you get people like, say, Liver King, who's promoting, like, eating fucking livers every day when he's... The whole steroid list is literally so long and he's pr- promoting products and, and this is my way of eating and my lifestyle. Like, that's how you get jacked. That's when it becomes an issue as well. So it's like, it's this endless tug of war between are you putting out uh, good content or are you putting out misleading content that's uh, going to lead an, a group of uh, impressionable kids down the wrong path. So Yeah, that's the shit that scares me. I'm, I'm always really scared about what I say on Instagram because I'm like, I don't want to just make content. I want to just spout some shit that's legitimately helped me. I don't want to be like, okay, so like if you do these breath exercises <laughs> and like, 
like it's legit because like I remember when when I first started journaling, like I started a gratitude journal and I thought, man, this is fucking bullshit. Like there's no way this is legit. This is fucking trash. But I was like, man, all these people that I respect do it. So I'll give it a go. Mm. So for like, I was like, all right, I'll just give it a crack for a month. And if it's trash, it's trash. And that's pretty much been the whole way of doing everything is like I'm pretty skeptical about all the woo-woo sort of bullshit. And I'm like, I'll give it a crack. And if I think it's any good, then it will be. And if it's not, then fuck that. It, it's about deciphering what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And again, it's that like barrier to entry. It's like, am I creating all these reasons to not begin, um, say like my dream job or, or starting that clothing brand that I want to or putting out content about my running? Um, like what are the barriers to entry to that? And I think as humans, we innately put up these walls that don't let us pursue what we want to pursue um yeah it's it's hard so i'll i'll put myself in this context like i've been i've noticed that i've really regressed in the way that i'm putting myself out there um i feel like i've gotten really comfortable like in a nice routine i go to uni i study uh see the same people uh go to the same classes i go to work do the same days same hours i go to the gym see the same people train with the same people and i'm like what the fuck are you doing like go do something different so uh, I'm going to like a networking event that, uh, the work is put out, but I haven't really told many people because I want to go there, be my authentic self and try and meet new people. And, um, I guess I was going through this rut with the podcast where I was like, oh, like it's not doing very well. I'm not getting that validation. But then you get that one message from someone and they're like, I love like listening to your podcast. It's been helping me so much. Um, and that makes it all worth it again. So I think I was getting too monotonous with uh, the way that I was posting content, going about my life, that it just became meaningless for a little bit. But um, I don't know where I was going with this, by the way. But I think like trying to put myself out of my comfort zone and dialing back into why you're doing the content is so important. So for you, it's like, I want to spread this message about mental health and my running journey as well. And for me, it's like, I want to spread the message that you should be doing something that you love um, and not let go of that, uh, even if the narrative and societal norms are telling you to. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. but uh, It's bang on. Like I feel like my whole page is just throwing shit at the wall and hoping that somebody else can find something that stinks, sticks for them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, far out. don't know where to go from there. <laughs> oh. I want to actually ask, like, what's been your proudest achievement? You know, like, you've done, like, your week of marathons or you've done 100Ks from Geelong to Melbourne. Like, what sticks out to you the most and why? Wow. That's a tough one. I don't know. There's some that I had to go to some pretty dark places and they're not even the hardest sort of challenges. Like, there was there was my first ultra marathon where I did 60Ks and it was... It was before I was flying back to Africa. And I remember it was about the 40K mark, like just after a marathon distance. And then I just started tearing up and feeling really emotional. And I don't know, I'd never felt that way during a run before. Like it was really weird. And I just felt like this really sense of, this sense of pride of like, I'm doing this for the right reason. That was, that was sort of, that was sort of one that sticks out or like, yeah, during the, the marathon a day for seven days, uh, I busted up one knee and then the other knee was busted for a while. And then there was a day where I had to walk like 15Ks because I was just too wrecked. 
and I don't know, to get through that felt, it felt pretty special. That was a pretty nice one. Mm. What was going through your head in those particular moments? Like you, you mentioned sort of the dark times and everything. Like, do you think of your sister? Do you think of sort of your why? Like wh what's running through your head? I'm thinking, why the fuck am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, there's uh I think without the why I would have given up in a lot of things. There's no doubt about that. And also there's a lot of social um social uh what do you call it? Uh not pressure, but like I tell somebody I'm doing a 60k run, so I better fucking do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, what's your thoughts on sort of putting out the the goals that you're hoping to achieve i know there's like the argument that you shouldn't because you know like you should work in in silence like uh keep your goals to yourself and then that's how you stay motivated because it's like something that you can just show up for and then people aren't going to judge you for because they're not like in your ear saying oh like you're going to do it like you're going to smash this 60k uh you're going to run it in record time you know in your ear about it because um I think I'll relate it back to bodybuilding. I know um, a couple of the bodybuilders are like, they, they like to keep really quiet or some of them like to keep quiet about it because they have these people that don't know a single thing about bodybuilding, but they're saying, wow, like you look so jacked, like you're going to, you're the next C-bum, like you're going to win the uh, Olympia, those sorts of things. And sometimes you, uh, you subscribe to that noise because like it feels good, like you get that validation. Um, but then as a result, you might perform worse because you start to take the foot off the pedal and not put in as much. Or there's, that was a very long like alternative, but the second alternative is you put it out there and then people keep you accountable. Like what boat are you in? Uh, I think you need to go both ways. Cause like when you tell somebody about a goal, there's a bit of, a bit of pride that comes into it because I'm pretty sure they did a study on it where you actually release endorphins when you tell somebody about a goal. So I tell you, all right, like I'm going to I'm gonna start a podcast next year and you're like, fuck yeah, let's go. Like that's, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gaining that, those endorphins. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's sick. But like if you just keep saying goals, like you'll keep getting those endorphins because you'll feel good, but like you're not actually doing anything. So I don't know, I'm in, I'm in both camps, but you can't, you got to, you have to back up your words like like i'm really passionate about doing the things that i say that i do because i know for a long time i was unreliable and not able to do the things that i could say that i would say i would do and you know that brings a lack of self-confidence i think and maybe a pretty big lack of self-esteem like i say i'm gonna run 5ks and i don't run 5ks like you might not know about it and you might not even notice if like you yourself, but I know I didn't run 5Ks when I said I would. And there's those little fuck-ups, really. They're little fuck-ups and they keep accumulating. It's like you can compound in a positive way, but you can also compound just as much in a negative way. So I'm all for sharing goals because I think a lot of times it does help me keep accountable. Like if I put on my story, I'm like, oh, I'll just run a half marathon today. <laughs> And if, if I puss out at, say, 10Ks, then I would love to see someone be like, you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> I would, like, I want that. Yeah. But that, even if nobody has watched that story, nobody even cares. A majority of the time, probably 99% of the time, that is the case. Nobody gives a fuck. But I'm scared of that one person that's going to be like, bro, you didn't do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they might never send that message, but I'm scared of that message possibly coming. Absolutely. So there's the accountability 
towards sharing the goal. But then I think there's also you need to stack those small wins to compound for you. So I'm 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 in the middle. I'm yeah, what's it like sort of juggling it? Because I I like that um, analogy about being unreliable, and when you can see yourself becoming someone that just puts out these random goals or messages i myself have done that and i'm sure a lot of people have as well where they've sort of put the put it out there that you know i'm gonna i'm gonna achieve x and then they just don't do anything about it like i've done it so many times and i'm so aware of it what's it like balancing it and how do you go about it oh that's a tough question well i think it starts with a very good positive reflection i think i spend a lot of time reflecting like i reflect at the end of each day I reflect at the end of each week, each quarter, each year. And it's something that I particularly have been heavy on this year. Like I sort of did bits and pieces of it last year, probably not very consistent, but this year, very consistent, always do my weekly, um, quarterly, yearly reviews, which it sounds ridiculous. It actually does. I've, <laughs> I have a mate who does it as well, but can you talk to us a bit about it? Like what are you reflecting on? Um, I, I myself sometimes find myself just like forgetting about literally like what I ate for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to reflect sometimes. Have you put in any strategies in place where you're like, okay, these are the points that I want to reflect on. Um, do you do it daily or is it just weekly? So I do a few different ones and all these things have like added over time. So it's not like one day I woke up and I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm doing a to-do list. I've got a gratitude journal. All right, quarterly meetings with my like I don't I I never it was never like that. Yeah, it was like one day I decided to start making a list of like ten things to do each day, mm. not each day, but the ten most important things to do that day. Mm. And then I would be all right. Well, I keep forgetting the things I need to do this week. So at the start of the week, I would write down. Well, start a week now. I write down the things I need to do this week and their priority one to whatever it is ten, fifteen, twenty. And then each day I write, all right, what are my goals for today? So I go to my list, what is one, what is two, what is three, all right, that'll do. And then the things, so they're the things that I need to do that day. Then then there's also like my daily habits that I try to do. So like get in some supplements, cold shower, something along those lines, ice bath, whatever, go for a run, make sure I'm reading. Like, and these are, these are not things that I started with. These are things that I've forced myself to do because I know that they're beneficial. Mm. So... Well, yeah, like I, for the day, I have like some goals. For the week, I have some goals. And then every day as well, I do three three things I'm grateful for. So it's stuck. <laughs> yeah, no, that's stuck. That yeah. one that one was a really good one because yeah. honestly, it sounds like bullshit. And I 100% think it still sounds like bullshit. But one day I was in Canada and I was doing, I'd been doing this for maybe two weeks. And like, I don't know, I didn't see any results. Just writing some shit down. Yeah, it's like I'm not Jesus yet. <laughs> yeah, and I'm. I was talking to my my old man on the phone. Um, while I was walking home from work, it was night time. I looked up and I just I was looking at the stars, and then I was I was listening to my dad talk, and I was just thinking about how grateful and thankful I was to have him in my life, somebody who is super intelligent. And in that moment, I was so present, and I thought fuck there's no way i would have done that if i hadn't been writing this shit down like there is no way that's not something that i would ever usually think about and then from that moment i was like fuck i'm gonna have to keep doing this and then i've had sort of many moments 
like that since and i'm like fuck this is legit this is legit i might have to get on it i feel it, it actually it goes back to that um thing about just start yeah like what is it ready aim no no, no sorry ready fire aim. ready fire aim god see my fucking memory so shit <laughs> um but yeah it's like you you just started with a to-do list and i love a rolling to-do list like i forget things all the time so i'm like literally if i get something that i need to do i'll just write it down and then that's it. that's it like it's been written down and that i guess like fires my memory even better because i've like actually written it down and it's gone into my head but yeah i love the love the idea of a rolling to-do list and and the goals and like setting your intention and all this woo-woo shit that might sound like it's yeah useless and what the fuck is it gonna do but i think the two-week mark is about where you start to form habits um and I think that's when it sort of kicked in with you, like the looking up at the stars and people might be like, oh, that's like, that's such bullshit. But I feel like it, it would actually work. Yeah, I feel like if you take anything from me, it's that I think most of the things that I started with were bullshit <laughs> until they they had some effect on me. And I'm like, all right, okay, <laughs> all right. Like, like same thing at the end of the week, I used to just write down like things that I could approve from the week. And then that changed into like a full document that is on like Notion now. Now I have like an overview of just things that I wanted to write about during the week, like things that might've happened, the way I felt about things. And then there's like a financial section, which honestly I'm not great with just yet. We're working on that one. And then there's like things that I can improve for the next week. And then the last one is like the, the best thing that happened that week. And that, that one started this year and I'm super stoked about that one because at the end of last year, I was kind of thinking, man, this year was not that great. Like not that many cool things happened. And it took like a lot of reflection before I started to remember, oh no, that's right. Like I traveled Australia for a little while. I lived in Canada for a bit. Like, yeah. And then I was like, man, I need to, I need to remember the cool things that happened during the week. And now it's kind of cool because you know, we're in week 43 or something of this year. It's week 43, Jesus. It's just or like, week four, we're around yeah, there somewhere. I have absolutely no clue. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. And I look back and I look back on like the first couple of weeks of this year and I'm reading some of the shit. And I'm like, fuck, man, that's sick. Oh, I love it. Oh, <laughs> that gets me so excited. And it brings me back to this point with uh, Anthony. I interviewed Anthony Ng uh, a couple of weeks back, actually, and he... Actually, no, he didn't mention it in the interview. I actually went to a workshop that he held after the interview. And essentially, he asked us to pick a year whenever, like maybe in the next 10, uh, in the past seven to 10 years, pick a year. Um, and he said, how many cool stories can you remember from that year? And I looked at, I literally was like, I, I struggled for three. Like I... I shit you not, I struggled for three and it just illustrated to me how non-reflective I was and how I couldn't remember these incredible things that would have happened in that year. Like I'm sure if I sat down and looked at photos and those sorts of things, I'd be like, oh, like I remember that cool time where I went out with my friends and we did this and it made me feel this way, but I wasn't able to recall it. So it's such a skill to be able to like write it down and then have this sort of bank and collection of memories because we're only here for a finite amount of time. We might as well reflect and be grateful about the opportunities and experiences that we've had. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's cool because, you know, at the end of this year, I'm going to have 52 of the coolest things that have happened this year and I'll be able to read that forever. But like in that, it's like before I did this reflection, I was a loser. 
You know what I mean? So like, as soon as I start, like, it's legit. Like, as soon as I started reflecting on how I treated my relationships, how I treated my financial situation, how I treated, how I treat my body, all these things, like before I reflected on those, I didn't, it wasn't even in your mind. But as soon as you start to think, oh, like, yeah, I've been treating like girlfriends like shit or yeah, I haven't really been touching base with friends. And then I, like, you start realizing these things, you're like, oh, bro, I got to do something about that because like, if I want to be the person that I want, that I think I want to be, well, the person I want to be, he looks after his girlfriend. He makes sure that he's touching base with his friends. He makes sure that his family is proud of him. He makes sure that he's doing the things that he's committed to. Like, if I want to be this man, like, I have to do these things. And as soon as you start reflecting, you're like, fuck, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Fuck, no. Jesus. <laughs> like, and you're like, fuck, well, am I the man that I think I want to be or am I the man that I want to be? Am I working towards the man that I want to be? And if I'm not, then I'm looking at these things. I'm going, fuck, I'm a loser. <laughs> like it's legit. Yeah. Absolutely. So then like now I can look back on some things and I go, fuck man. Like I, I didn't think I could do that. I never would have thought I could do that. Oh, that probably still needs a bit more, but I'm working towards the man that I want to be. And that's, I think that's the most important thing for me. Oh, brilliant. Are you a Notion guy or are you like a, I like to hand, hand write a lot of these things like, or are you blend of both? I'm blend of both. Yeah. I'm Can you talk both. to us a bit about it? So do you still have that uh, book that you write your rolling to-do list and the goals and three things that, you, that you're grateful for? Yeah. So I have a, I have one small notebook and that's just my gratitude journal. Mm. And then I have another, it's a A5, I think. Yep, yep. And it's it has like my weekly goals and my daily goals. And then the Notion document has, it's called a life wiki. Life wiki. Is this, is this a free template that you can get? It is a free template on there. And it's, I need to get onto it. <laughs> yeah, because it makes more sense for me because once I started using the life wiki, like you just make it however you want, obviously. But like you add things, fuck a few things off. Like... It's it's banging. It's banging. Because like I've got in there, you know, like my quarterly review. Like I sound like some mad businessman. But I'm just an idiot who's fucking playing around with the computer. But like I have like a quarterly review in there. I have like my yearly goals. And like the things that I set. So I only started this this year. But like I have this year is has a theme. So the theme is the year of personal improvement. And I think I've been doing all right with that. And then all of my goals relate to that theme so <laughs> like uh, some of the goals i had this year was uh run an ultra marathon um also had in there to do a stand-up open mic night oh incredible i tried to do that last night but i didn't get on stage <laughs> i was shitting bricks like uh, so how does that work actually so do you just wait around in the crowd until i think you throw moment? your name down it was the first time i tried to do it but we didn't get up it's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but like, and then there was another one, like, like I wanted to go skydiving this year. I've tried twice, both times. The weather's been no good. I wanted to go hot air ballooning this year. I did that. Like there's, there's a bunch of things that I put on there that were pushing me out of my comfort zone. Like I wanted to read 12 books this year. I read 12 books in like the first six months. I smashed it. But for me, reading 12 books is nuts. Like before this year and before the year before, I might have read three books in my entire life. So, like, it's been a really big challenge for that. But, like, I'm proud of that one, especially because I'm a terrible reader. I'm slow as fuck. Same it takes me ages to understand what I'm reading. 
especially like a couple of finance books that I read took me ages, but like all of those goals are related to the intention of personal improvement. I think, you know, I'm excited to see what next year is going to be, but yeah, I don't know what it'll be. I'll work that out at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I I love it so much. And yeah, it might sound a bit like stupid that, you know, like, oh, why are you organizing your life as if, you know, like you're this businessman or something, but I think it's, I actually, this is my new year's resolution. I'm going to put it on air. So then I actually stay accountable to it. But, oh, see, <laughs> say, oh, far out. I said I was not in the camp, but um, no, I, I want to try and, and sort of like review how I was like now versus then, because I think now more than ever, I definitely need to implement something in my life that is going to get me out of this sort of monotonous rut of, um, yeah, like just doing uni training and like, uh, working and those sorts of things. And those things are important, but how can I be more like intentional with it and be more reflective instead of just like turning up and, and just being there and how can I change it for the better? So I love that, man. Thank you for, thank you for sharing it. That's so good. Um, and you feel like you've obviously transitioned from like a loser to the person that you are today. Yeah. Less of a loser. Less of a loser. <laughs> exactly. I think there's always the, the gap between who you are now versus who you want to be. And I, I it's so exciting being able to like, close that gap but you're never gonna obviously achieve it Mm. it's this just continuum of you trying to chase this higher self and it's exciting man like how how high can you go essentially yeah well pretty much like yeah i was here i'd like to think i'm a bit a bit up from there and i know that there's a long fucking way to go to be the man that i would like to be so i don't know it's it's you sound like a wanker saying shit like that but like I see a version of myself that is perfect and I want to be that person, that person that is stable for a family, that person who is financially free, that person who helps people. And it's kind of strange because like I never thought that that would be the kind of person that I'd want to be. But after starting this sort of journey with the fundraising and that, like I'm like, fuck, man, it feels really good to help people. <laughs> Love it. Look, you've spoken really, uh, I guess, like uh, candidly. And you're very raw and sort of in touch with your emotions, probably better than most guys are. Have you always been like that? Or do you feel like it's a result of you journaling, being reflective, um, or even your sister's influence as well? What's it been? Um, no, no, I was previously a loser. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think I was always like this. Absolutely not. I think I think the greatest strength of reflection is being able to look directly at yourself and say, You are a loser. Like it is point blank. Like I think without reflection, I would never be able to speak the way that I am. I think I've always been reasonably um, reasonably good at being able to be honest with myself and say, you know, you probably could have done that better. I could have yeah. done that. But I think without that reflection, it's hard to really pinpoint what those problems are. Like, yeah, I think, yeah. Do you have any advice for people who are, you know, sort of on the edge, like, oh, I don't really want to put myself out there. Uh, I don't know where to start in terms of like having conversations and being real with uh, myself or even in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Like uh, this year I started talking to a psychologist and not because I think I have anything uh, too wrong with me, but I really think that everybody should talk to somebody and, for me, I think a psychologist makes sense because I don't know them at all and I'm paying them so they will listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and it's it's not like a crazy expense. Like I've only done it uh, three times this year. The goal was to do it four. So I've got one more time this break. But being able to talk to a psychologist has been super helpful because now, you know, it feels nice to be honest. And it's definitely something that I see as the perfect version of Alex is an honest, straightforward guy. So if I want to be that person, then I need to be honest. And that's that's the same way I think I have to bring myself to the relationships around me, like especially with my partner. Like this is probably the first relationship where I've been 100% honest, not a single lie. And that makes me feel really proud because I know it's really easy to lie. And and it's really easy to not realize that you're lying. Like I read um, Sam Harris's book about lying, which is a, it's really short. It's just about the philosophy of lying. And when I read that, I thought, fuck, like little white lies, all these things, they're so easy and you don't, they just roll off the tongue. You don't even notice. Like I'll tell a story and my, my old man's favorite saying is like, don't let the truth get in the way of good story. And he's, he's funny because it's legit. It is, it's 100% right. I still agree with that. But at the same time, like being honest and upright is very uncomfortable. Like with the reflection thing, like uh, my partner and I, we just started, we just did our first, like we call it a not a meeting, which is where we're just talking about like our relationship and how we feel and, and our emotions and this kind of stuff. And, you know, it to me, it sounds ridiculous no, <laughs> but that. but like i really believe that if it works in my life then it should work in my exactly the same in my relationship and i'm super stoked that my girlfriend feels exactly the same way so i'm i'm really appreciative of her giving it a go and it only took that first time that we did it that i'm like fuck man this is legit because we started the conversation and like we're talking about each different aspect of our relationship, our communication, our emotions, um, and those sort of things. And like we had like a really deep conversation about like our expectations, like how we feel in the relationship, that kind of stuff. And to me, it sounds super ridiculous. But like when we're having it, like like it's probably the best thing that I've ever done in a relationship and i think it's awesome absolutely you you pour so much love into this person you obviously want to be their team player uh in your in your little uh duo if you call it like that i, I love referring to relationships as like a team sort of thing and not just like oh like my missus and uh, you know like um does that make sense i don't know like a team player like you're working towards a common goal um and a higher version of like yourselves does that make sense? Right, hundred percent. I'm hundred yeah, exactly. percent. Okay, thank I'm, God. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm on you with that. So, like, like she is my partner. She is my teammate, and we together are gonna make amazing thing happen. I hope. But, and that's yeah, yeah. I hundred percent believe that. Like, Absolutely. Like we are a team, and we're we're going in the same direction, and that's the most important thing to me. Hundred percent, man. How did that conversation go about? You don't have to give details and everything, but did you set like an agenda? Cause I think that's like so unspoken about. I don't know if many relationships do that as well. Yeah. It's definitely something I'd never done in a relationship before, but yeah. And like, to me, it just made sense. Like I do this for my own relationship to myself. So, and I think it's been amazing for me. So why would I not do this with my partner? Um, we only just did this recently so 
we rolled up, we had a couple of questions that we both thought were probably relevant and would be good. And we pretty much just made a notion page and we put a bunch of categories and a couple of questions in each category. And uh, yeah, that was the first one sort of done. We probably spent a couple of hours just sitting there talking um, at a pub. We had dinner, like it was nice. Oh, you did it at a pub? Yeah. Oh, incredible. Yeah, we went there early, so there weren't many yeah, people. Yeah, literally, you're like screaming, I love you. I was <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah. Oh, no, incredible. Wait, next date idea, I feel. Like that's that's so good. And um, how long have you two been together, if you don't mind me asking? Right, not that long. Like, yeah. um, wow, okay. Probably since like June, July sometime. Oh, wow. Okay, so very, like it's very raw. I love that. Yeah, pretty much like. She's pretty special. Yeah. <laughs> well, by the sounds of things, I, I don't know many relationships where someone would be willing to have that conversation. I don't know why, but it's just something, it's hard. It's uncomfortable. You don't want to put yourself out there and, and be vulnerable, even with someone that you're like in a relationship with sometimes. So yeah, all right. Next date idea. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's a hard one as well because like it is so uncomfortable to have these conversations sometimes, but Without those conversations, the relationship is not as good or will not last. And my partner and I, we were talking about it while we were there and she's like, is it bad if I feel embarrassed like about this? And I was like, well, are you embarrassed because people might hear our business or are you embarrassed because they might realize what we're doing? And she's like, oh, like both of those things. And I was like, well, you know, like it's fair to be embarrassed about people listening to our business which was thankful that we only had someone come sit near us like when we were almost finished. And the second part of that is like, I kind of think, well, if this has, this makes us last together for 50 years till, till death do us part, then I don't see it as being embarrassing. I see it as like something that we do in our relationship that brings us together and creates longevity. So I don't know. I kind of think the same way as like with my content is like, like it is embarrassing putting myself out there because I think you look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of think like like I feel great about doing it. One, two people might fucking think it's great. And like that's enough for me. That's enough for me to go, well, I might look stupid to somebody, but hopefully it gives somebody else the confidence or the the idea to do something different with what their what their life looks like. Absolutely. I think so many relationships go past where it's like the the sexual aspect comes through and that's it like you're sexually obviously compatible because you you I guess like sleeping with each other don't want to assume too many things but the emotional aspect and like the actual in, uh, intrinsic connection between the two of you is never really touched on it's always that intrinsic aspect it's like oh so the extrinsic aspect where oh like oh she's great like we I don't know our sex is awesome and those sorts of things just to put an example out there but a lot of things go unspoken and then uh resentment builds up as well so as soon as you can address those in I don't know whether it's a quarterly thing or a weekly thing or a yearly thing as well I think it's so important that you're addressing these issues uh as you go because that's what makes a strong team like when you're addressing these uh issues or barriers or problems that are arising so oh i love it I, like that lights me up so much like so incredible to be able to talk and and thank you for sharing as well like obviously it's your own personal business with your partner but i think it's such a great piece of advice for people who are in relationships even friendships as well man like why not just apply it to everything <laughs> like i love it yeah yeah i don't know if my friends would be that <laughs> <laughs> look you're a loser yeah. <laughs> 
Luke, don't sit me down in the. <laughs> just don't 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 sit me down in front of the in the pub with yeah. everyone. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's it's been nice. But to preface, like this is the first time I've done it. I've never done this in any other relationship. Like, I would never even have thought to do it in a previous relationship. Like, I didn't just roll up and I'm like, all right, like this is <laughs> gonna make us perfect. Like, it took many many times of fucking up, um, being a shit boyfriend, being a terrible partner. Like, before I came to like a lot more honest and upfront sort of personality absolutely but it shows that you care and, and that you want to make that change as well like you, you're trying to innovate and bring in things that will excite the relationship and make it a better um thing because like that's what that's the aim of a relationship like you're with this person because you truly adore them and you love them for who they are and why not make that better by having these conversations yeah i love it what's next for you man what's next yeah <laughs> well uh, well, obviously, like, Antarctica is coming up in December. That's, oh, well, actually, that's not what's next. That's what's second. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, we've got Port Augusta is coming up next weekend. So, at the time of recording, we're yeah, about mid-October. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 28th of October, I think it is. Ooh. A Saturday. We're going up there. Uh, Lewis is coming. Ah, shout out. Yeah, yeah. We're flying over. We're going to do 85K um, ultra marathon there with my main sponsor, Outback Mining Services. So they're awesome down there. So we're going to have a, a good bit of fun up there. And then uh, I go back to work for five weeks, unfortunately. And then we have Antarctica. Uh, and that's going to be pretty exciting. And then next year, uh, the podcast is going to start. I think around April. So you can hold me to that. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I think around April. We'll see. And then, um, yeah, I'm going to next year. I was hesitant of whether or not I should mention this, but I'm fucking doing it. I'm going to run from Sydney to Melbourne. I, I saw that actually in the form that I sent over to you. Yep. Yeah, I want to I wanna do it in 11 days, which would be 100 kilometers a day for 10 days and some other shit for the last one. Oh, yeah, just... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And, like, the, the fact that that scares the fuck out of me is the reason why I want to do it. I think it, it'll be sick. Yeah, absolutely. So what what is going through your head? You know, like, it, these things scare you. You're having these un uncomfortable conversations. You know, like, you're, you're putting yourself out there uh, online as well. Like, what what is going through your head? You know, so many people are so reserved and just don't want to put themselves out there or put themselves in that spotlight or feel uncomfortable as well like what what is running through your head um what what i will think of myself when i'm 80 years old that scares the fuck out of me is like david goggins has like this point where he's like i want to get to i want to get to the gates of heaven and they say like oh david like you did all this shit oh we had to start writing shit out because you were doing more than we thought you could like i don't want to get to 80 and be like oh man like i was i want to do a podcast for ages or yeah, I wanted to run across Australia, but I just couldn't find the time or I never wanted to work as a Sparky forever. Like, I don't want to get to that age and be like, well, fuck, you're a loser. Like, you fucking do it. Like, it's it scares the fuck out of me thinking about living a life where I didn't try, try those things that scare the fuck out of me. Incredible. Alex? We've gone a little bit over time, but I love it so much. Like it's been such an incredible conversation and I'm so grateful for you sharing your story, firstly about your sister, but then also yourself as well and the, the hardships that you've had to endure and sort of the practices that you've began to um, implement into your life. I hope people can take that 
and resonate really deeply with it and bring it into their own lives and become better people as a result. I love that last closing message of, yeah, when I'm 80, I don't want to look back and, and feel as if I did fuck all and didn't enjoy my life. Like I, we're, we've only got one life and we're afforded this one opportunity. Let's go and do something that we love and do something that lights us up. Um, I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, I'm sure the listeners would have gained some sort of value out of it. And I wish you all the best with your future endeavors. Do you have anything that you want to end on? Um, nah, just have a crack. Have a crack. Have a fucking crack. I fucking love it. Man, I appreciate it. It's been good. It's been good. Love it. Um, all your socials will be in the link below. Um, be sure to check it out. It's got some good content. I love it. I love it so much. Um, and be sure to follow at Life With Land Podcast and we'll catch you in the next episode. Deal. <laughs> <laughs>